Well, welcome to Q&A. We're glad you decided to join us. Um, really great uh, service this morning. Um, like I said in the welcome, I really appreciated Isaac's prayer this mm. morning about the Lord being a way maker. And then yeah. what a great setup for going into right. learning about prayer. Mm -hmm. And so really great opportunity this morning to really be encouraged. I agree. I agree. That's really great. Um, so we do have some questions. We okay. can get rolling. And All right. Here we go. <laughs> right. um, so first one, um, you said the verses. So when you went through, listed a couple different verses about the Lord's response in prayer. Um, you said the verses say God will respond to prayer, uh -huh. but if nothing changes for years with the situation I've prayed about, how is that true? Okay. R read it again. Um, sure. Um, you said the verses say God will respond to prayer, mm -hmm. but if nothing changes for years with the situation I've prayed about, how is that true? Okay. <clears throat> Again, the, the verses that I read were not just random verses thrown out. Very important that we understand the context in which those verses mm. were given. The context, right. again, Jesus is with his disciples. He is preparing them to live in their relationship with him like they've never lived in their relationship. They only knew relationship with him in person. Hmm. And he's going, I'm leaving. And their hearts are troubled, and they're like, oh, we don't know what that looks like with following Jesus who isn't physically present anymore. And so prayer gets emphasized so much in this conversation because prayer is the mean, one, one of the means by which we live in relationship with God mm -hmm. when Jesus is physically absent. If he was physically present, they would have okay. simply said, Jesus. <laughs> we and have this question. Yes, we, or, or we have this need. need right? Uh, people like the, the leper, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Mm -hmm. So he's not physically present anymore. What are we going to do? And he says, we're going to pray. I'm going to teach it. That's why he says, and I think it's verse 23 or 24 of chapter 16, he says, until now you haven't asked me anything in my name. Well, they didn't need to. He was right there. Right. Uh, but now ask and I will act. So prayer is that means by which we have the sense if we were, if Jesus was in the room with us, if Jesus was at our home with us, if Jesus was at work with us, if Jesus was in the hospital with us, right there physically present, what would we ask him to do the way real people ask the real in-person Jesus to act in their time of need? So that's important that we understand that Jesus did that. Uh, that, that's the context in which he gave the promises. Now, to, to the question, but I've been asking and Jesus hasn't been answering. Mm -hmm. First of all, let's clarify, he hasn't been ask, answering according to what we have been asking. So if my kids ask me, we'll use the example that Jesus gave, they ask me for a fish and I don't give them a fish, I give them something else. Is that an answer? Mm -hmm. It's a response. Yeah, it is yes. an answer. Yeah. Yes, it is an answer. Uh, and so let's not think, first of all, that he isn't answering. One of the greatest important reminders for me is that if I am asking, not demanding, if I'm asking, then no is a response. Mm -hmm. So the no response to my first time asking may be mean, ask me again. 
ask me again, ask me again. Not because God is testing us or uh, tempting us, but he is growing us. Mm-hmm. And endurance is a, an important part of our walk with the Lord. Right. Right. Uh, wouldn't we all like to physically go? I ran a one mile. I ran a mile one time in my life. I'm in good shape. That'd be amazing. <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. You have to go. Uh, it, it, I either keep working out mm-hmm. and build endurance, or I stop and endurance leaves. So part of our growing in our faith is learning endurance, and endurance is learned by the process of saying. I ask, I keep asking, I keep asking, I keep asking in the same way of running. I put another foot, another foot, another foot, another foot, another foot. And as I keep continuing to do that, even though it's hard, I gain endurance. Same with our faith. So the answer may be not yet. And we continue with endurance. Now, is it possible that we would ask something And the Lord, even as we continue to ask, we have endurance, that the Lord would say no to something. Yes. Why? And this is, uh, even in Q&A, I probably can't answer all the questions, but I'm going to try to. This is stuff I couldn't uh, address completely in the message. The Lord may say, keep asking, and then ultimately say no. Why? Well, uh, James 4, 3 says, maybe because we've been asking in selfish motives, mm. for selfish reasons. We simply wanted what would be easiest, what would be smoothest, uh, what would be, make the most sense to us. I, I often ask the Lord for what seems best to me. Sure. But I recognize it may not be best. So I used to wrestle with this, Tracy, maybe you never did, but I would wrestle with, well, if I don't know if it's best, do I need to say, Lord, this is what I'm asking, but you know mm. it's best. And so I used to say all that. I, should, I was going to say junk. It's not junk. It was just kind of process. And then I, I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm asking. So if it's not best, it's not like by my asking, I'm going to get God to do something. Well, that wasn't the best, but he asked me to do it. So I'm just going to give it. Yeah. Yes. The Lord's too gracious and kind to do that. Absolutely. So if I'm asking, it may not be the best, but I ask and I understand that his response to my asking is no, and I trust him with that. The delay of answering may be to build endurance or it may be to change my heart in the process. In other words, I may start praying for, uh, like, you may be in a, in a difficult marriage. And when we're in a difficult marriage, honestly, we tend to always see why our, our, how our spouse needs to change. Sure. <laughs> if they would change, it would all be it better. It would all be better. <laughs> and so what do we do? Lord, change them, Lord, change them, Lord, change them. And I'm not saying that in the name of Jesus, there's not way our spouses need to change. Sure. But in that process... The Lord may grow our heart to the degree that we go, uh, Lord, for all this time I've been asking you to change my spouse, change me. Mm-hmm. Lord, I need to humble me. Uh, I, I need to learn to be a servant. Not my wife learned to be a servant. I need to learn to be a servant. So praying in the name of Jesus 
may mean that we start having, by the Holy Spirit, our prayers refined, our prayers changed to be more in line with what is in his name. And then finally, in 2 Corinthians, in Paul's testimony, he gives this uh, story of his own. He had some what was called thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. Uh, some have suggested it was a physical ailment. Others suggested that um, it was his singleness and that he wanted a wife. Mm. <laughs> um, it doesn't say. And I'm not arguing for either one of those or another option. doesn't say. He says he had a thorn in the flesh. In other words, something that was painful in his life. He asked the Lord to take it out because that's what we do. When we experience pain it hurts, and it's not wrong. Take it away. Yeah, we're like, Lord, I don't want pain. Take it away. That's not wrong to ask, to ask that. Different than demand. So he asked, and it says he didn't just ask once, he asked three times. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in the heart of Paul, his heart changed from, Lord, I need you to take this away. Therefore, I, I, I want you to take it away. I'm asking you to take it away to, Lord, I'm actually learning that in my weakness, your strength is made known. Hmm. So he answered, <laughs> but he answered in a different way than Paul had in mind when he asked. I can, I can look at my life and go, um, the Lord called me to speak publicly, and my greatest fear in life is speaking publicly. It's a stupid um, stupid, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, I'm going, Lord, why would you call somebody who doesn't want to speak in public to that be doesn't my seem job? Best. Yes. Yeah. Why would you? So take it away, Lord. Take it away. Mm. My thorn in my flesh. Take it away. Take it away. Man, he didn't. And I became uh, content with, Lord, you don't need to take it away. Lord, show your strength in my weakness. Teach me. Grow me and trust in you because part of what I've learned is the fear, the nervousness, uh, even after all these years, doesn't make sense, but it does keep me dependent upon the Lord. So um, I don't liken myself to the Apostle Paul in any way, but I would, by my own personal testimony and just a sliver of example, just go, the Lord answer my prayer without giving me what I ask for. So long answer to that, but there's, there's a lot of there's a lot to that. branches to go mm -hmm. off. Um, what I hope you won't do, because this is what I had done for a while, is a sense of, I don't get it, so I'm going to stop asking, mm -hmm. or I don't get it, so I'm going to ask, but then I have to make all these qualifiers to the Lord, and I'm not, and I, and I guess that's not bad, but I got comfortable with saying, Lord, I believe you can, so I'm going to ask that you will, and I'll trust what you do. That really helped me. I'm going to believe that you can, and so I'm going to ask. And, and that started with um, believing God still does supernatural works now as he did in biblical times. I wasn't always sure before, and so I wasn't confident to ask. And I became convinced the Lord still does work. 
And it's not my job to figure out when he wants to work or where he wants to work. It's my job to do this. I believe that he can, so I'm going to ask that he will. And so I ask, and I keep asking until he changes my heart on that regard, or he answers. Regardless, I'll trust what he does, and the demonstration of that trust will be that I praise him. I give thanks in all things. So those four statements, believe that he can, ask that he will, trust what he does, praise him no matter what, all came from the leper who said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He believed that he could, so he asked that he would. But he asked in a matter that said, I'll trust what you do. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So that's really helped me. Long answer to a question, but, but a, I think it's real a life. A good answer. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is real life because there's a lot that happens in that waiting time, mm -hmm. you know, if you are in that. But some really powerful opportunities to really rely on the Lord yes. and see him working in ways that he, he could in any situation, but it may be a unique situation that allows you to grow in ways that you wouldn't have had you not been through that. I think, I think for some of us, we want, we want to figure out what's the prayer formula to make it work. Mm, we sure. want to do our prayer math. Um, and I said it in the message, the believe, ask, trust, and praise those are relational terms. Prayer is a relational exercise, not a scientific formula. And so it was important for me to lay down the scientific formula to figure out how can I make it so that I only ask what God's going to do so that my prayers are always answered and I'm not frustrated by this process of I ask and God doesn't do it because it sounds, sounds, sounds like that's not complete with Scripture. It's a relational exercise where... I express my belief in him, my need, I cry out, and I trust. So I hope all of that, at the end of the day, you don't evaluate the formula. I hope you pray more with an open heart and a believing heart. That's really the desire from the message today. Hmm. Pray more with a believing, open heart. Absolutely. Um, so you touched on this in the sermon, but the question, I still struggle with why I should pray if God is sovereign. Um, won't he do what he wants when he wants, regardless of my prayer? I, that sounds right theoretically. It's just not in line with what the text says. And there's a couple examples that I think are important where we see um, the Lord do, it seems like, what he wasn't going to do. Mm. <laughs> um, the Israelites were to go into the land, and this is back in uh, Exodus Numbers. Exodus and Numbers, they're supposed to, they've left Egypt, they're in the wilderness, they're supposed to go into the land. They send 10 spy, 12 spies in, 10 spies come back and say, it's a great land, but there's giants there. Two spies come back and say, it's a great land, there's giants there, and a third, and God will give us the land. The people hear the ten, not the two, and in fear, they refuse to go in. And the Lord says, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to wipe them out. And the Lord, excuse me, and Moses prays for them. And he says, Lord, don't stain your name. This is, he, he 
employs God, implores God according to his confidence that if God is for anything, he's for his name and he's for his glory. And so he says, don't stain your name and don't bring down your glory among the nations by wiping out your people. Preserve them, be patient and gracious to them. And the Lord changes his mind. Now you may go, ah, oh, that's impossible. He was sovereign. He was going to do that anyway. Uh, I understand how theoretically we want to make that work in our minds that has to have exact categories. I'm telling you, the scripture says the Lord is sovereign, and the scripture says the Lord changed his mind. And I am willing to live in the faith tension of both of those being equally true. So, um, is he sovereign? Yes. Does he say, ask, and I will act in response to the prayer? Yes, 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 yes. Six times he says, yes, I will. And like you said earlier, it's very much a relational yeah. piece. It's not just a math equation, which I think is very easy to think that way. I think, I've tried to put a human example to this, but so I don't know if this will help or not. But as a father, I, would, I could say to my sons, and this really happens, this is what made me think about it. I could say to my sons, here's what I'm going to do. And they say, Dad, can we do this instead? And their request does not change my ultimate outcome of what I said we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I can, as a dad, without altering my purposes choose a different path and it be consistent and i didn't i wasn't wishy-washy i wasn't like oh man this is better this is worse i could say i could say yes to that i said sure we could do it that way and we'll get the same result so maybe that example helps maybe it doesn't that the lord in his perfect wisdom can accomplish his eternal unchanging purposes in ways that we would ask, and he doesn't have to sacrifice his glory or his sovereignty in that process. Hmm. I think real-life examples are always helpful. They're always helpful. Um, so a question about the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, what does on earth as it is in heaven mean? Oh, great, great question. Uh, Lord, uh, our Father who is in heaven, holy, hallowed is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the question. So what's that mean? Well, in heaven, the perfect will, spoken word of God always happens. There is no sin. There is no variation. There is no disobedience. That's not true on earth. All in heaven live fully and completely to the glory of God. That's not true on earth. Many on earth live to the glory and purpose of their own will. The prayer is that all that happens in heaven in terms of all that's done for the glory of God, all that's done by the power of God, uh, surrounding the purposes of God, with God at the center, God on the throne, as that's true in heaven, that that would be true on earth. So what's that mean practically? That means those who don't know the Lord because of sin would put their faith in the Lord and they would become children of God. And as you and I, Tracy, are children of God, 
The will of God is not happening in our lives as it's happening in heaven because you and I still live in our own personal acts of disobedience, our own rebellious thoughts, our own uh, lack of trust in the Lord, whatever it is. I won't name your stuff. <laughs> I'll let you name your stuff. <laughs> I'll air that out later. <laughs> she won't. <laughs> but the will of God is not happening in our lives completely as it is in heaven. But that's what we're asking for. So... Uh, I hope that makes sense. We are saying the good, perfect will of God, obedience to God, praise of God, glory to God, perfectly, without exception, in every moment from every creature. That's what's true in heaven. That's not what's true on earth now. That's what we're praying for. And that practically happens as people come to Christ and then they grow in Christ. And that really helped me to go, mm -hmm. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm praying for that the gospel going to the nations is part of the will of God happening on earth. And then the gospel not just going, but then people hearing the gospel, receiving the gospel, and then growing up in Christ. As more and more people walk with the Lord on this planet, then more true is it that the will of God is happening on earth as it is in heaven. In the, well, no, I won't say that. I was going to make a, a future statement, but I won't say it. Gotcha. It'll just create more confusion and problems. I'll save myself and you. But good question about something that you hear often. You yes. hear the Lord's Prayer. You hear people say it. So to truly understand what the heart is of that prayer. All right. So what would you hear me say? What's the will of God on earth as it is in heaven? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. The teach back method. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. So the will of God is on earth is in heaven. There's sin here. There's not in heaven. Right. So we have that, a huge differentiation. But as people here are accepting Christ and becoming more like Christ's likeness, therefore it's becoming yes. more like heaven because yes. of his presence and his being glorified here on earth as he would be in heaven. Yeah, exactly right. People in heaven are the children of God who fully worship him. Not all people are children and not all people fully worship him. So first step, become child of God, then grow into people who fully worship him. That's the will of God on earth. You got it. Way to go. Yes. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening in this morning and joining us for Q&A. Um, we really hope that your um, walk this week in relationship with the Lord through prayer yeah. changes drastically this week based on his scripture. So we really appreciate you joining us and hope you have a great week.